Hello, and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. This is episode 19. It's been a while, a little too long. A lot has happened in my life and the world since the last episode. Apologies for taking a while, but here we finally are with some more letters. If I sound different, hopefully for the better, it's because I received a new microphone for Christmas. I'm just now getting around to figuring it out. I hope you like the results. Let's get into it and see what was going on with Gigi in December of 1943 and January of 1944. December 6th, 1943. Dear Mom and all, I have been very lucky the last three days in mail call. I have received in them days total sum of no mail. But I have hopes. Maybe some will come tomorrow. Last night I was on guard duty, so I had the day off today. I slept till dinner time, then went to chow. We had meat pie of some sort. It didn't exactly taste like the kind you were in the habit of making though. Boy could I go for some of your apple pie, or maybe in a month. Then here in the letter there's a large section that's cut out and removed by the censor. Maybe in a month. Cake to the censor. I wonder if you made some nut cake and sent it to me. Would it last that long? But maybe it wouldn't because it usually takes about a month to reach me. I wrote one letter this afternoon to Anne Haley. Then we had supper. You know them delicious sea rations. Potatoes, beets, coffee, and pears. It wasn't too bad though. Then I decided I needed a shave because I didn't shave for about a week. And man, I can raise a wicked beard. You know what I'm going to do? Well, I'm going to raise a goatee. You can't see it very good now, but maybe in a month or so it will be better. But then in a month it will be our Christmas and I'll be going to church in London. I will meet Wally, I hope. Boy, we sure, boy, we sure will sing in church. Maybe we'll even go into the choir for that day. I guess we'll miss going caroling. Is your hand still sore? If it is, you better go to the doctor or I'll come over there and put you over my knee and I ain't kidding. Thanks for the picture of you and Johnny. Anytime you want to send pictures, why just go ahead and send them because I like to get pictures. My watch is on the sick list again. The other day when I was trying to build a fire in the so-called stove, I knocked it out of it and chipped a little piece out of the crystal. I don't know if I'll be able to get it fixed or not. If not, I think I'll send it home. Thanks for Bob Jackson's address. Are you sure he's in England? Because I never heard of that APO number before. But I'll look around. Maybe I'll bump into him someday. Well, Mom, I think I'll sign off for now. Best regards to all. Write soon. Your son, George. P.S. How's Yankee and Long Pants Polly? December 22nd, 1943. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. I usually write at least one letter a day to somebody or other, but during the past three days I haven't written so much as a postcard. I've been pretty busy, so that can explain most of it. And then last night, all of us communication guys had a party for Christmas at the local pub. We had a pretty nice time. We had a room for ourselves, all the bitters and ale we wanted, topped off with fish and chips. There was an Irishman there that played the piano for us, and we sang quite a bit. We finished off the evening by singing God Bless America and the National Anthem, but the guy wouldn't play God Bless the King because he was an Irishman. I feel pretty good now. Just took a swell shower 
I shaved and boy, I feel like a million pounds. Incidentally, I shaved my goatee off day before yesterday. It was getting too big and people were beginning to notice it. Well, I wasn't exactly going to shave it off, but when I was shaving, the razor slipped and the goatee made an undignified departure. There's a dance on at the Red Cross Club tonight. I went there to get a bite to eat because we had chili for supper. Well, I like chili, but somebody put the wrong ingredients into this chili, so I ate a few sandwiches and a piece of cake. Last night at the club, there were a bunch of fellows who sing in the choir singing Christmas carols. Then we all joined in with them. The chaplain was there and they had the portable church organ. It sure was nice. They're going to have a midnight mass here on Christmas Eve and the choir will sing, so I suppose you know I'll be going there. As for Christmas Day, well, I think we will have that day off. Then for our Christmas, I think I'll be singing Silent Night. There's some Russian writing here. In the Russian church in London. Last year on Christmas, I went to a Russian church in Miami, Florida, and didn't know anybody. But this year, I hope to spend it with my buddy Wally. I hope all of you will have a swell time on Christmas and New Year's. We have a Christmas tree all dressed up in the club. Sure is nice. They have one on both sides of the mess hall and one in church. Did I tell you that Florence, June, and Evelyn sent me a Christmas package? Gee, it sure was swell of them to do it. And someday soon, I hope I will pay them for being so swell. In fact, everybody is swell to me, especially my mom, dad, Helen, John, Paul, and Mike. Tell Polly that I got a Christmas card from the Lynch School teachers and tell them thanks for me. Bye for now. Regards to all. With love. Your son, George. January 2nd, 1944. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. Happy New Year! I know it's a day late, but this is the first letter I'm writing this year. It seems kind of funny when you say, say it that way, but that's it. Yesterday, we had a day off and I thought I would write a million letters. Well, I wrote a total of none. I got up just in time for dinner. We had turkey again, and plenty of it. I guess I've had my share of white meat for a while. After chow, Al, Abe, Stan, and myself sat down and played cribbage most of the afternoon. Then, I washed and shaved. I felt so peppy after that, that me and W.L. Hope went to town. We had a couple of bitters, then went to a show. We could afford that, because New Year's Eve was payday for us. I collected nine pounds, 11 shillings, and five pence. I got a letter from Wally a couple days ago, and now, I don't know for sure if he'll be able to make it, but he said he would still try till the last minute. Boy, I sure hope he makes it. I met two boys on our base and one WAC who are also Russians. So if they go to church on our Christmas, the church should be pretty well filled. They have mass on Christmas Eve at 3.30 p.m. and on Sundays, it's at 11. Well, settle back, mom. Here comes more trouble for you. I want something again, as usual. It's not much, but I would like to have them if you could get them. First, a pair of small tweezers. Next, a pocket compass. Another thing, a bottle of hair oil. Not too big of a bottle, though. And a box of salted crackers and some cheese. But if it's any trouble, just forget about it. If possible, I would appreciate it. Mrs. Kolbus wrote and told me if I wanted anything, I should write and ask her. Well, I was going to ask her for the hair oil, but seeing as I wanted the other stuff, I thought I'd better ask the person I'm always asking things from. Besides, I don't like to ask anybody for anything because it's too much trouble with the rationing and all the other kind of red tape. 
Did you have a good time on New Year's? I was asleep at 10 o'clock that night, so I really had a wild time. Well, Mom, I guess I'll close for now. Thanks for the swell letter you wrote. You're getting pretty good. I'll answer Johnny's letter tomorrow. Love, your son, George. January 16th, 1944. Dear Daddy, Hello, Pop. Are you working hard? You know what, Dad? I was laying in bed the other night. The lights were on, and I was just thinking. All of a sudden, it came to me. I've been writing to all of you as much as possible, but I don't recall ever writing a letter personally to you. So I thought that today I would write just to my pop. I don't think I mentioned it, but I think you are the swellest dad in the world, and I ain't kidding. Are you still working on Sundays? Once in a while, we work Sunday mornings. That is, if the weather is nice. Otherwise, we go to church. Of course, it's not a Russian church, but we go for the same purpose, so it don't make much difference. I do miss singing in the choir, though. Mom wrote me a letter and told me the name of the town where you came from. Well, I looked at a couple of maps already, but still haven't been able to find it. Maybe I've been looking in the wrong place, so I'll ask you a little more about it, and maybe then I'll find it. You were born in Austria-Hungary, right? The town you were born in, then, must have been under Hungarian rule. Or so, I thought from the way I heard you and Mom talking. Were you near or in the Carpathian Mountains? Was the Pruitt River far away from you? How far was Budapest? What was the next biggest town near Mukachevo? Were you far from Bessarabia? I think you were in White Russia, weren't you? Or am I all wet? Well, I asked you plenty, Pop, so you ought to have a good time trying to put me straight. They keep wondering why I never found all this out while I was still at home. Excuse me for a while, Pop, while I go to the Red Cross Club for a cup of tea. Back again. I had my chi and a couple of sandwiches. Oh, by the way, while I was up there, I went into the reading room and looked at the big European map, and I found Mukachevo, only they had it spelled different. I also found Uzharad. Now, tell me in what direction and how far you live from Mukachevo. You know that out here, if we tear our clothes, we either sew them up ourselves or turn them in for salvage. Well, today Al, my buddy, he tore his pants above the knee, so he decided to sew it up. And he sewed them good. So good, in fact, that when he tried to take his pants off, he found out he had sewn his pants into his long underwear. Boy, we laughed so much at him, we thought we would bust. I read in the Yank magazine that Packard Motor Car Company makes Rolls-Royce Merlin engines for the British Mosquito fighter bomber. That's a wonderful airplane. Do you work on them engines, Pop? Well, Daddy, I guess I'll say goodnight for now. Say hello to Phil for me if you see him. The Russians are doing pretty good, eh, Pop? God bless you. Regards to all. Your son, George. January 24th, 1944. Dear Mom, Dad, and all. The last few days really kept the mailman busy for a change. I got about 10 letters and 15 Christmas cards. Just think if they were all letters, but they weren't. Anyway, it was nice of the folks to send cards. It's harder to answer cards, whereas if they were letters, they can almost be positive of a reply. Nothing worth mentioning is happening around here except I had a two-day pass Saturday and Sunday pass, but I stayed in camp and answered a few letters. Jimmy has been flying quite a bit and has a number of missions to his credit. 
Al had a bit of bad luck. The other night, while he was sleeping, his ear started to ache. So the next day, he went to the docks, who told him his eardrum popped. Gee, that sure was a big surprise to all of us. However, the doctor said he would be alright after a couple of days rest. Charlie and Abe have gone to get haircuts. The stove is nice and glowingly comfortable. The radio is on as usual with some pretty music on. They just got through washing. The hour is around 8 in the evening. Sort of reminds me of a quiet evening at home. Anyways, it's nice to dream. You know, Mom, I had a nice dream the other night. It wasn't much of a dream, but it sure was realistic. I dreamt I had come home from work on Saturday, took a bath, had a wonderfully delicious meal of halupki and homemade bread, read the funnies, then I went upstairs after playing the accordion for a while, and I went to sleep. Then, the next morning, I heard you call me, so I said, yeah, and kept right on sleeping like I usually done. Then, you called again, so I opened my eyes and saw the sun shining into the window. Somebody called again, and this time, I really opened my eyes, and what did I see? Nothing but the corrugated metal across the room from me, and Al was calling me. Gee, it all seemed so real that I told Al to shut the lights off so I could dream some more. But Al wouldn't wait, and neither would breakfast, so I had to get up. Hey, what is this? First Johnny gets sick, then Polly and Helen. In order? Now you, Mom? They can't do that to us leeches. It seems as if everyone is getting cold back home. Well, if you think Detroit weather is a bad place for colds, you should be here. Funny, though. I'm here and no cold. But that's because I eat sea rations, spam, and brussels sprouts, but no fresh milk. You know what I'm going to do when I come home? I'm going to sit right down and drink a whole quart of milk without stopping. Then I'll settle back with a moo. Big Ben has just bombed nine times, and the evening news is on. The Marauders are in the headlines again. Say, do they ever write up the results of the Marauder raids in the Detroit papers? I see John and Paul are up to par in schoolwork. John's card is like a Christmas tree. Are you going to school about Polly? Tell them guys if they ever want to go on fishing trips with me, they had better show a mighty large improvement. And I'm not kidding. Make that especially clear to John. Boy, if there's anything that burns me up, that's it. I wish I'd have paid more attention in school. Those guys don't know what they're missing. Thanks for the name of your home village where you was born. I'll save it. Well, Mom, thanks a million for writing all those swell letters to me. It's good to hear from you. I'll write and answer Helen's and John's letter soon. Polly's too. How's Daddy and Mike feeling? Regards to all, your loving son, George. January 31st, 1944. Dear Mom, here's a couple more hankies. I suppose you have plenty of them, but they aren't as good as these that are made in Ireland. I'm only kidding, Mom. Today is payday, so I collected my nine pounds, 10 shillings, and a few pence. Then, a few of the boys paid back some dough, so I'll have plenty until next month. I'm going to send my watch home as soon as I get a box. The second hand runs, but the minute and hour hand must be striking because I'll be damned if I can get them to kick over. No mail for over a week, but I feel it coming. We had chicken for dinner yesterday. That's three Sundays in a row. Boy, do I enjoy that chicken. But nobody can make chicken and dumplings like you. Al got a letter from Helen yesterday, dated November 29th. Good time, eh? Must have come across in the Santa Maria. 
This is all for tonight, girlfriend. Write soon and be good. I'm going to show now. Your loving son, George. Time for thoughts on episode 19. Alright. That was a long episode, but it was long overdue. So I felt that I should make up for the long gap by doing this episode justice. There's a lot to unpack here, but I'll start by mentioning Gigi's watch. He initially mentioned it again when talking about how he cracked the crystal, and later on he mentions the hour and second hand have quit working, that he'd have to find a box so he could mail it out to be fixed again. This watch has come up quite a bit in Letters Home, and some followers have also shown interest in it. As much as I wish I had the watch or even pictures of it, I unfortunately do not. However, I'll do my best to find out more about it through family members. He continues to describe his meals in detail, including the turkey he ate for meals around the holidays, as well as all the chicken he has on Sundays and his sea rations. I don't know if he was really into food or just thought he had to express that he was eating enough and communicated what he ate a lot, but it seems to be a recurring theme. What really piqued my interest in this episode was the letter he wrote to his dad. We're a little over two years into his time away from home, and this is the first letter addressed to just his dad. Not sure if this had to do with how men acted back then, how they couldn't express their feelings about caring for each other, or Gigi's actual relationship with his dad, but I really like the questions about where his father was from and hope to read more about that soon. I have an idea, but would really like to see if it's explained in these letters and how that turns out. These are the kinds of things I wish I had talked to Gigi about as well. Uh, him and his family coming from Russia and just, I guess, the family of immigrants and hearing about it more. Kind of like how he said he wish he would have just found out when he was back home. I kind of wish I would have talked to Gigi when I could have about these things. Especially later in life, I got to explore Europe and maybe would have come across some of the places he'd been while in war or where his ancestors came from. We'll have to find out more about where his dad was from and if his watch is salvageable on upcoming episodes of Letters Home. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's at lettershome underscore podcast and facebook.com slash lettershomepodcast. To check out most of the letters and postcards that I read in these episodes, go to the site lettershomepodcast.wixsite.com. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Thanks for listening.